Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder here with Silver and Black Pride. The Raiders are coming off a win and looking to keep the momentum going this week against the New Orleans Saints. And we've got the trade deadline coming up next week, Tuesday to be exact. So we've got plenty of news to talk about this week, plus the injury report, and of course, your mailbag questions. Let's do it. All right. So after we got a break from roster transactions last week, we've got a bunch to go over this time around as Dave Ziegler was certainly busy this week. The biggest news coming out of the Raiders is that they have traded away defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins and a 2024 seventh round pick to the Dallas Cowboys for a sixth round pick in this year's draft. Hankins has been a big factor in the team's run defense in the past, but he'll turn 31 in March, hasn't quite been the same over the last couple of years, and Andrew Billings has stepped up into that run-stuffer role up front for Las Vegas. So, I think this trade might have some shock value for Raider Nation since Hankins has been around for a while now, but I don't think his departure will make that much of an impact as it should lead to more reps for rookie defensive tackle Neil Farrell Jr. too. Best of luck to Big Hank and Big D. The Raiders also made a handful of practice squad moves this week as offensive tackle Jackson Barton was promoted to the active roster, and they brought defensive tackle Kyle Pecco and cornerback Bryce Cosby back to the practice squad. Vegas also added one new face to the P-Squad, signing offensive lineman Sebastian Gutierrez, who was an undrafted rookie free agent from Division II Minot University and spent training camp with the Denver Broncos, but was cut at the end of camp. Gutierrez is kind of a cool story as he was working in a pizza shop after getting let go by the Broncos into the New England Patriots signed to the practice squad a couple of weeks ago. Now, the pizza maker's journey is headed to the desert. To wrap up our roster transactions here, cornerback Javelin Guidry was released from the practice squad, wide receiver Albert Wilson was added to the practice squad, the Houston Texans added wideout Tyron Johnson to their active roster, and the Jaguars signed cornerback Tavon Campbell to their 53-man roster off of the Raiders practice squad. I have no idea if that math adds up with all the players coming and going, so I'll just trust that Ziegler and McDaniels have that all figured out. On a related topic, I'm sure most of you are curious about how the Raiders' defensive line rotation will work without Hankins in the fold, and, as I mentioned, I expect to see more reps from Neil Farrell Jr. moving forward. Defensive coordinator Patrick Graham weighed in on the matter and said that Bilal Nichols and Andrew Billings are the starters, but Graham also had a lot of praise for the rookie defensive tackle. The typical progression from you see from rookies in just in terms of learning how to practice, learning how to study better, taking care of their body, and then it shows up in practice, Graham said on Farrell's growth because any snaps earned on the field, how we do it here, is based on practice. And so he's had an emergence on the practice field. When we talk about the idea of of practice execution becoming game reality, that's what we are looking for. And he's worked really hard at practice, and that's been encouraging. He knows he has a lot of room to grow, and that's the case for most of us out here. But the thing is, you've seen it in practice. So, I think it's safe to say that the Hankins trade is a good sign of what's to come from Farrell moving forward. Since we're talking about the trenches and the coaches, how about a quote from Josh McDaniels on the offensive line's progress? We want to be a tough physical team. There's no shortcut to that. You have to do the hard things. You've got to practice in pads. You've got to do the drill work that's required of you to improve in those areas, McDaniels said. You can't just say we're going to be a tough team and then all of a sudden that happens. That's all about work and you earn that. And I think our guys have not flinched at all from the time we started training camp 
and really started talking about that identity and we can see if we, and see if we can develop that on our team. I think we have a lot of tough guys and when you take a lot of tough guys that work hard and want that, that to be their identity, then they have the chance to create it. I think for the most part, they're protecting our quarterback pretty well. McDaniels continued. Again, always room for improvement in that, but I think for the most part, they're doing the right things there. And then they're giving the backs an opportunity to hit the line of scrimmage without, be, without there being two guys in the backfield. And so we talk a lot about not having negative runs, not having quarterback hits or pressures or sacks. And when you come out of the game and there's only a couple of plays that, where that was the case, then those guys are generally doing their job. Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders tweeted that the Raiders lead the NFL with 5.70 yards per adjusted line yards per carry, and the Raiders running backs have only been stuffed for a loss or no gain 11% of the time. So, there's definitely been a lot of improvement for the Raiders up front this season, so let's hope they keep it rolling in the Big Easy this weekend. As for my news and notes roundup of the week, I don't have much for you guys as the roster transactions were obviously a focus of the news cycle, but I figured I'd let you guys know that former Raiders and current Saints head coach Dennis Allen said that Andy Dalton will be starting over Jameis Winston this Sunday, so prepare to see the Red Rifle this weekend. Alright, moving on to the injury report, which is a little lengthy as it seems like a flu bug has hit Las Vegas. Jonathan Abram, Devontae Adams, Sean Bauer, and Cleveland Farrell all missed Wednesday's practice with an illness. And while Abram and Farrell were healthy enough to be limited on Thursday, Adams and Bauer missed practice again. I'm sure they'll pump Devontae full of airborne vitamin C over the next couple of days, so he'll be ready to go on Sunday. The only other DNP this week is Divine Diablo with back and ankle injuries, and if he can't go, I'm not exactly sure how it'll divide the reps up between Blake Martinez and Jayon Brown, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Martinez in on running downs and Brown in for the passing situations to divvy up Diablo's reps. Everyone else was either limited or a full participant on Thursday, so I'll just list them off. The aforementioned Brown has a hamstring injury. Derek Carr was limited on Wednesday with a back, but a full go on Thursday. Jermaine Illuminor was limited with a knee, and that's part of the reason why Thayer Munford got so much playing time last week. And as a side note, Illuminor was reportedly taking the first team reps during practice when he was in. Matt Collins was limited with a heel. Josh Jacobs' foot. Hunter Renfro hip, but Renfro was an FP on Thursday. DJ Turner was limited with a hamstring, and the same goes for Darren Waller, who was at least back on the practice field this week. As for the Saints, they've got a bunch of key injuries as wide receivers Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry missed last week's game and haven't practiced this week with foot and ankle injuries respectively, and the same goes for cornerback Marshawn Lattimore with an abdomen issue. So, New Orleans is pretty beat up heading into Sunday. Here we go, mailbag time. As your weekly reminder to have your questions answered on a future show, either tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. That's adamholder95, or sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. First question, are you hearing any trade rumors surrounding the offensive or defensive line? No. I mean, if I had heard or seen anything about it, would have brought it up earlier in the show with you guys, but so far it's been pretty quiet from the Raiders front. Um, I don't know if we'll get another trade outside of shipping uh, shipping Jonathan Hankins away, but kind of like what I was talking about in that segment, it seems like they're all in on Neil Farrell and giving him more reps. Kind of talked about that a little bit on the defensive line, how I think they might start to shift um, to see you know guys like Farrell and Matthew Butler get more get more reps as the season goes along, especially if they're not getting much from that position group. Blaul Nichols, I did think he had his best game last week, got a little bit more pressure against the Texans. Obviously want to see if he can keep that up this week and uh, – start to hit home a little bit more. I think he did have a half sack last week against the Texans with Chandler Jones. 
And then as far as the offensive line goes, I mean, their Munford played well last week in relief of Luminor. It does feel like they are starting to gel, so I don't think they want to mess up a good thing right now. Uh, obviously, there's some talent that you can, you know, get better at or improve on, even as, as well as Thayer Munford has played, which is leading into our next question here. I don't think he's a, a guy that you can hang your hat on right now as a starter, but offensive line, I think they're just going to stick with what they got and not try and ruin any more continuity. And I mean, hell, right now, Josh Jacobs is running for like 150 yards a game and Derek Carr is maybe sacked once or twice. So not terrible an issue. So I think they're going to they're gonna stick with the guys they got. Obviously, we'll see what happens in the next three or four days, but I, I get the feeling it's going to be pretty quiet unless uh, they end up sending in anyone else, and I don't even think they would have anyone that they would want to trade away. So I think it'll be a, a quiet trade deadline per usual for the Raiders, which probably means they're going to trade for like five people now. Next up, do you think Thayer Munford has earned the starting right tackle job? Kind of touched on this earlier. From the sounds of it, from what all the uh, the beat reporters who were at practice were saying is, it's it, Illuminor is probably going to start on Sunday. He was taking the reps with the uh, ones. It seems like maybe he was, you know, benched, if you will, last week because he was banged up, even though he did come into the game after Munford was uh, already playing. And Munford played really well last week. I just don't, I wouldn't say, from the standpoint of, is he their best option right now? I kind of leaning that way. I don't think he'll necessarily be the starter if if we're a solidified starter, I think they can still do better than he he is and or what he is. But from the standpoint of is he showing the growth and is he showing starting to take command of that role? I feel like it. I mean, I feel like we know what Illuminor is at this point. This is what your five or six for him personally. So I don't think he has much potential. But Munford is definitely a Munford. If it was my call, would definitely be getting the start at right tackle um, moving forward. And I I do mean that to say that. He'd start for the Raiders at right tackle. I don't know if he'd uh, be on a whole other other teams starting right tackle, but he's definitely played well. I think he'll probably get more reps on on Sunday as the Raiders have been kind of rotating at that spot. And I think if he has another really strong game like he did last week, then I think we'll see him be the starter moving forward. But to answer the question as of right now, uh, I don't think he's quite earned it just yet. All right, number three here. If Jacobs has another 100-plus yard, one-plus TD game, and the Raiders win, is it time to start talking about an extension? I try for three years max, though. That might be a deal-breaker for him, possibly. Honestly, I think the conversation's already kind of started. Um, I mean, Jacobs has played phenomenally the entire year. I know the last three games, he's starting to get more notoriety, put up more of the volume stats. But the guy has been phenomenal all year. He just wasn't getting the touches in the beginning of the season to put up those crazy numbers to get the attention. But yeah, I mean, the guy's playing like a man possessed um, as far as a contract or contract extension. If I, I see where you're coming from with the three year max, and I think that's a good idea from the, or a good idea from the Raiders standpoint. The problem is, I don't know if he's going to accept that. Kind of like what you pointed out, especially at a running back. Like if I'm Josh Jacobs' agent. And the Raiders offer him a three-year contract. I'm telling him to tell him. To, I'm telling Josh Jacobs that we're gonna wait and we're gonna play free agency, or we're gonna make the Raiders slap the franchise tag on you, and at least see what you can get, and then kind of go from there. I know Hunter Renfro signed the short-term deal in the last offseason. He's only under contract for I think three more years, um, so that might be where this is stemming from a little bit. But you also got to remember it's a completely different position where from a physicality standpoint, from a body blow standpoint, 
where you have a much longer shelf life as a receiver versus a running back, this might be the last contract that Josh Jacobs gets. Maybe if he's lucky, he gets another one. Not many running backs get past one contract, let alone two or three. So he's going to try and go for that biggest, the, the big money deal that he has, a big of a money deal as he can get and as many years as he can get. And the guaranteed money is really going to be the biggest thing. So that's going to be kind of the problem with trying to extend Jacobs is the Raiders have kind of put themselves in a the little bit of this hole. You guys heard me talk about in the offseason, thought they might have to make a decision between Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Obviously, that hasn't come to fruition, but kind of the same logic applies. They're going to be spending a ton of money if they, on their offense if they extend Jacobs, which again, the way he's playing, not the worst idea in the world, but he's making a ton of money for himself, and he's going to be very expensive in the offseason. And right now, it's looking like a bad call that they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I mean, I think it would have been maybe $8 million. That's the number that's coming in my head. Probably should have looked that up before answering. But yeah, Jacobs is going to get paid. I'm hoping they can keep him around. But right now, it's going to be tough. And yeah, as far as the, the contract extension talks, I mean, they've got to already be started at this point. Not that they'll agree to an extension. I don't even think they can technically. But yeah. The conversation, at least within the fan base, or at least the the talking point, um, and it will be one of the biggest talking points once the season's end. Once the Raiders play their last down of the 2022 season, the next topic we're all going to be talking about is Josh Jacobs' extension, whether how much money he should get and how much money he's worth and all that. So yeah, the conversation to me pretty much already started. He has another good game. I mean, at this point, you might be weeping a little bit thinking about if he's going to be able to play his next game. But all we care about is this season right now anyway, right? So yeah, I think the conversation's already started for the contract extension for Jacobs, but it's going to be tough to bring him back. And it sucks because he's playing phenomenally right now. Hopefully they can figure it out. Last question of the day. And it's not really a question, but whoever Steven is that used the email to sign up for the Super Sweet Stakes competition, congratulations, you won $50,000. You might want to go follow up on that because it definitely seems 100% legit. All right, guys, that'll do it for this week's show. As your weekly reminder, the Raiders kick off at 10 a.m., early kickoff this week on CBS. Make sure you're tuning in. As always, make sure you're following Silver and Black Pride. Follow me on Twitter, at mholder95. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and download wherever you listen to podcasts. Other than that, until next week.